You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. The NFL is king. And for me, the first place every morning I go to when I wake up way too early to get my football information is pro football talk. And there's a lot of good information out there. It is the first stop. It is the best stop for me and the guy behind it, Mike Florio, the best in the business, on a very busy football Monday, graciously making some time. Mr. Florio, happy Monday. Good morning. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, how are you, pal? Good to talk to you as always. So let's dive into this. Now, what Brock Purdy, you know what? Like We tend to be a society that overreacts to everything. To your expert eye, what's the right takeaway from Mr. Irrelevant having a really nice performance, especially first half yesterday, against the Bucks? I think we should put him in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, go. That's what we do. Look, the reality is this. He's now played two games. With each passing game, there'll be more film on Brock Purdy. That isn't as problematic for him as it is with other quarterbacks because it's the Kyle Shanahan system. It's not a quarterback who has some specific skill set that as there's more and more film, defenses will be more adept at figuring out what he does well and taking it away what he does poorly and forcing him to do the things he doesn't want to do. He's got weapons around him, although one fewer weapon now with Debo Samuel out, but Christian McCaffrey had a huge game yesterday, 140-plus yards from scrimmage and a couple of touchdowns. So when you have great defense, when you have great skill position players, you don't have to be Dan Marino in his prime. And Brock Purdy was very efficient. He looked good when he had to. He ran the ball in for a touchdown. And he, he, he provides a little bit of a spark. And you hear players saying great things about him. Nick Bosa says we've got a quarterback now. You know, at a time when we don't know what Trey Lance is ever going to be, we don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to return. Tom Brady had been interested in joining the 49ers a couple of times over the past few years. They may have just stumbled onto the guy with the last pick in the draft who can become – their long-term answer, or at least as long-term of an answer as they're ever going to have as they migrate through what's going to be a post-Jimmy Garoppolo existence. Mike, you just hit on what I want to ask you about, the uncertainty of Trey Lance. And so I'm going to circle back knowing there's not a lot of clarity, but if Trey Lance can can stay healthy, do you or or people in San Francisco, is there a, a sense of what his ceiling can be? given the success we've seen from every quarterback Shanahan has touched as a coordinator or head coach? Yeah, I think the ceiling is he can be the guy that takes them to the Super Bowl and wins it. They became, I believe, disenchanted with Jimmy Garoppolo for two reasons. One, he can't stay healthy. And, of course, Trey Lance breaks his ankle in his second game in his first year as the unquestioned starter. But also Garoppolo in Super Bowl 54 against the Chiefs, He had an opportunity to make what I call a championship throw. We saw in consecutive Super Bowls, 53 and 54, Jared Goff in 53 and Garoppolo in 54. Championship on the line, the throw you wait your whole life to make, the opportunity arises, the clouds parts, the heavens open. All you got to do is make that throw. Not that it's an easy throw to make, but that's the throw that makes you a champion. And he missed Emmanuel Sanders when Sanders was open for a touchdown that would have put the 49ers ahead late. Now, Patrick Mahomes may have taken the Chiefs right down the field and still won the game, But you have to ask yourself, is this the guy that pushes you over the top? And I remember Tom Brady, before Super Bowl 54, was on the Westwood One pregame show with Jim Gray. And he made a comment about Garoppolo along the lines of, we're going to find out what he's made of. And we did. 
So I think that's what the 49ers believe Trey Lance can be, the guy who makes that big throw in the big spot, the guy that they can groom into a combination of he runs the Kyle Shanahan offense and he can run the ball when running the ball is required. Shanahan typically doesn't like that. He wants everything to be very scripted and controlled. So I think that's what they see in Lance if they ever get a chance for him to, to show what his ceiling is and that he can get there. But having Brock Purdy around as the plan B is a pretty damn good thing for them. So they can give Lance a chance to get healthy and develop. And if it just doesn't work, you've got Purdy. And, uh, I, you know, so far so good. Four games left in the regular season and a postseason to come, but so far so good. Mike Flory on the show. Mike, at the risk of, of overreacting to a, to a single weekend in the NFL, outside of the Eagles, you got the, a Vikings team that lost to Detroit. The Niners team we just discussed is, is down to Brock Purdy and Debo is injured. Uh, a Bucks team that, by, by just virtue of their division, still has a path forward. A Cowboys team that struggled to beat the, the Texans, but, but, but beat them. How many teams do you look at in the NFC and you say to yourself, that team is clearly capable of coming out of the NFC and being in the Super Bowl? 49ers, Buccaneers, and maybe, 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 if the Packers or the Lions end up week 18, winner gets in, loser goes home, whoever gets in as the last wild card maybe could make things very interesting because both teams would be hot at the right time. The Packers have to get hotter. They won one game going into the bye. They have four left. The Lions are very hot right now. But I think the 49ers will travel well. That defense will carry them into the postseason on a high note. And I think they could beat the Eagles in Philadelphia if and when it comes to it. So I'd say Eagles, 49ers, Packers, Lions, if one of them gets in, and the Bucks, because Tom Brady is capable of slipping into that old-school Patriots mode. We saw it last Monday night with less than five minutes to play. In those moments, he becomes that guy again. The years melt away. The problem is getting to those moments. Didn't get to those moments yesterday because it was 35 nothing before we even knew what was happening. You take away that ability for Brady to save the day, and you don't have to worry about him doing it. So I think if the Bucks get in, he could be very dangerous because he thrives in those moments. He's got 47 career playoff games. 47! So uh, if he gets number 48, he's going to be dangerous. If he gets number 49... He's going to be dangerous, and, and who knows what he'll do. I, I, I like chaos, and I'd like to see the Panthers run the table and win that division, but I think the Buccaneers, they have the ability to win in the playoffs if they can just get there. Mike, do you, and I know this is guesswork, and we've been asking about Tom Brady's would-be retirement for what feels like 30 years now, but best guess, you had to guess today, do you get the sense he's going to play football again next season? Well, two weeks ago, after they lost to the Browns, they were up 17-10. to 10. They gave up a late touchdown, and then they lost in overtime. Tom Brady said on his podcast, I would rather play and lose than not play at all. And I thought, wow, maybe this guy really is going to play another year. I mean, to the extent that his wife, now ex-wife, was the primary impediment to him keeping his career going because she had been – on him for several years, as she had every right to do. I mean, you know, the guy's been playing football all these years. It's time to move on with your life, and she wants him to do it, and now she's not part of his life. If he wants to keep playing football, he can keep playing football. So I thought as of two weeks ago, maybe he is really going to keep going, 
And I still think that now. And I, I, there was a report from NFL media over the weekend that I have no reason to doubt that all options are on the table. You wait and see what happens. See how this season ends. Does he go back to Tampa? Maybe. He's wanted to play for the 49ers. 2020, he wanted to play for them. They were his first choice, and they said, no, thank you. I believe earlier this year, he was sniffing around about possibly unretiring and playing for the 49ers. And I believe they once again said, no, thank you. Will he do it again? Well, with Brock Purdy playing well, maybe they'll once again say, no, thank you. You know, it's funny. People thought it was weird that he, that he hung around and yucked it up with some 49ers players after the game and signed a football that Dre Greenlaw intercepted. I'm thinking, well, maybe future teammates. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a little, advanced, a little advanced locker room politicking <laughs> by uh, signing these footballs and being nice to these guys because he may be on the same team with them come March. Love it. Mike Florio uh, here on the show. Mike, on the other side, at least to my eye, I, I mean, almost every team in the AFC playoff picture, to me, you can you can easily make a case for it. Let me ask you about one of them to start off here. Uh, are you still buying Dolphin stock if that's available? Well, you know, the, the Dolphins fans are really quiet today. I, I, I They're usually flooding my timeline with insults about <laughs> their perception that I hate Tua Tonga by low. You know, God forbid he wasn't good last year and people pointed out that he wasn't good last year. And when you say someone who isn't playing well isn't playing well, that apparently means that you personally dislike them and you hate them and you want them to leave the sport and never return. I mean, he's gotten dramatically better this year. Things have been going very well. We've seen two straight games now where he has not played well. And people were willing to call last week an aberration. Well, what was last night? A second aberration? At a certain point, aberration, 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 that becomes the trend. And look at what they have to do. And I'm not a big fan of some of these scheduling quirks that create competitive disadvantages. Two straight games in California. Sunday night, got to pack it up, fly back to Miami. And then on Friday, got to go to Buffalo. Meanwhile, the Bills are home the whole time, the last, you know, the last two games. They didn't have to travel from anywhere back to Buffalo after yesterday's win over the Jets. That really puts the Dolphins in a hole, and it's going to be cold, and it's going to be snowy. And is Tua Tagovailoa going to be able to perform in that circumstance? And when you look at what the Bills did physically to Mike White yesterday, is that going to be good for Tua Tagovailoa? So you look at their remaining schedule. They've got the Packers on Christmas Day after this game against Buffalo. They play the other two teams in the division after that, the Patriots and then the Jets. And, and Sims and I, Chris Sims, who's on PFC Live with me three days a week in season, he, he, he and I were talking about this last week. One of these great teams in the AFC – great as of a couple of weeks ago with an inflated record, they're going to just tumble out of it altogether. And would it surprise me at this point if the Dolphins tumble out of it and don't even make it to the postseason after their great start? It will not surprise me. Mike Florio on the show. Mike, let me ask you the same question about the AFC that I asked you earlier about about the NFC. When you look at that playoff picture, how many of those teams do you think are constructed in a way that, again, would not shock you if they made a, a run to the Super Bowl? Well, Bills and Chiefs, obviously. Bengals have to be taken seriously. Now, we start to go beyond the three big ones. You know, the Ravens, I think, are constructed to be very competitive and win games in a tough, grinded-out way in January if they can keep their key players healthy. The Chargers, if, if they can – again, so much of this is if they can keep their players healthy. Some teams do and some teams don't, and some of it's luck and some of it isn't luck. Some of it's institutional. Some of it's your training methods, your flexibility, your strength and conditioning, the things you do to allow guys to withstand the wear and tear and keep going. But I, I really do think serious contenders in the AFC, it's down to Bills, 
Chiefs Bengals. And the game to watch. Monday Night Football in December, you never know what you're going to get because by the time you've played all those games, what looked good in April ends up looking not good. And by next year, there's going to be some limited flex available for Monday Night Football in December. The last Monday Night game of the year, Bills at Bengals, January 2nd. I think that's going to decide number one seed in the AFC. If the Bills win, they'll be the one seed. If the Bengals win, the Chiefs will likely be the one seed unless the Bengals can pick up a game on the Chiefs because the Bengals hold that tiebreaker over Kansas City. I think that one seed is going to be critical because if the Bills can finally win it and force other teams to come to them, makes it a lot easier for the Bills to go to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1993. Mike Florio, last question for you. In a world, especially in sports, especially in the NFL and football, where there's not a lot of patience, how much do you personally need to see to feel like you can make a fair evaluation of Jeff Saturday? and his coaching ability? Well, I think you need more than the rest of an interim season. I don't think that's enough to evaluate. And then that goes back to the questions that were raised when he got the job. Should he be the interim coach when he has no college or pro coaching experience? Is it an affront to the people who have been working in the industry, getting the experience? That game a couple of weeks ago, the mismanagement – of the clock, the final drive against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and tick, 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 tick. And he initially said, oh, you know, I, did, did, I, don't, I don't have any second thoughts. And then the next day he said, yeah, I probably should have called a timeout. Th- that comes from experience. And you can gain that experience by being on a staff, by seeing how it goes, by being in the meetings when things are dissected the day after the game. So I, I just don't think he has enough experience. And I think he just needs more experience to figure out whether or not he is good enough to be the coach of the team. And at the end of the day, there's only one guy that matters. It's Jim Irsay. And, and I said the moment he got the job, this guy wants to hire him as the full-time coach. And I, I think that Irsay will, will make a glass-half-full argument no matter what they do the rest of the way that Jeff Saturday deserves an opportunity to be the team's head coach. And it will not surprise me at all if he is when – the dust settles on the hiring cycle for 2023. Mike Florio, the man behind Pro Football Talk, Twitter at Pro Football Talk. Mike, as always, I know these are busy days. I love having you on, man. I appreciate you making the time. Great talking to you, pal. Have a good one. You too, dude. Mike Florio on the show. That dude, is the, I'm, he's gone. I can't hear. He's the best in the business. That guy is so good at his job, and he's honest, and he's candid, and really like and appreciate having him on the program you're listening to the writer than you podcast all right what's going on on this monday bill Ryder with you by the way the weather in la is insane here rain is in the 40s have you guys got that snow or that cold yet pat yeah yeah we got uh, we got some sleet early this morning it was rain last night then some sleet and snow when i was coming into the station uh, around uh, 12 30 a.m and i think that nice. lasted until you know basically until the morning so yeah nice Nice, horrible Monday here in terms of the weather. You've just been chilling in the office for eight hours. Yeah, yeah, I'm a company guy. You know, you got somebody's got to log the long hours, so. Tell you what, there is an amazing restaurant, like four blocks up up Hudson from you, on the right. I can get you the name, can't remember. They serve full food, full meals, and cocktails. I don't know if that's a good idea, Till I think 5 a.m. every day. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Five in the morning? Might be 4.30. Game changer. I mean, I guess that's like you're always going to have some drunkies stumble in there, but like 
Yep. How many days of the week is it at three thirty and they're the last the, the closing crew is just hanging around like what are we doing? So I'll tell you no, I'll tell you this, dude. Like it's kinda like it's not cheap. It's like a nice restaurant and I think it what it does is it caters to all the other people that work at restaurants that close at two. So when I'm in town, I'm up in Stanford doing TV, I'll get off work at one AM or two and I'll take an Uber because I stay in the city from Stanford to this place. I've gone there a couple times at three and it's been busy. Like I have to like Fight my way through the crowd and find a spot at the bar to eat. Wow. Okay. So cool, yeah. So man. you so you got a bunch of other servers, waiters, yep. bartenders coming from other restaurants to eat there. I think that's I think that's the move. So that's chefs the demographic. Come in. Yeah. This place is legit. Look, it's not a good idea, but if you're looking for seven cocktails in an hour at three a.m. that are pretty well made and a steak, I believe that's what I ate. It's there. You want to talk about something to knock you out? Steak and a couple of uh, oh, yeah. Jack and Cokes at 3 a.m., that'll do it. I may have done a few that a couple times and then gotten up at 8 a.m. for this show on three hours sleep. Oh, that's beautiful. I would love some, to see how your stomach's feeling and your intestines after that. But Sometimes you got to live, man. You know, just get three coffees. Three. <laughs> just, get, just get three. Three lattes. Yeah, I don't know. That's why. See, I look like I'm, I, I look like I'm 80. I'm actually only 44. That's, that's <laughs> part of the issue. Um. All right. Should we do a little? Let's do a little little Pat Boyle sponsored buy or sell. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill. Let's start us off here and let's continue the conversation regarding one of the games of the week from yesterday, the NFC North matchup that pitted the Lions against the Vikings. All the conversation going into Sunday was whether or not the Lions deserve to be favorites after the spread move from Vikings minus two all the way to Lions minus two and a half during the week. Well, Detroit backed it up, won by 11. They've won five out of six. However, the attention, it's got to turn to the Vikings here, who are 10 and three, yet their point differential on the season, minus one. They are 9-0 and in one-score games, but their defense is dead last, number 32 in the NFL in total defense. Even though they are still one away from already locking up the NFC North in the middle of December, Bill, buy or sell the Vikings being one and done in the playoffs come January? You're, you read my brain, Pat. Buy, and I did not know. Buy. So you sent me this morning that point differential reality. That is insane. They are any team that relies on Kirk Cousins to be its quarterback under duress in moments that matter is a farce and an illusion. And destined to fail. I suppose the Vikings could get some some matchup. Even then, I don't believe it. I was gonna, no. They they are one and done. They are a joke. Kirk kissing cousins ain't winning anything this year. All right, another good sub headline from the 49ers dismantling of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on Sunday was, and you touched on this briefly. 49ers linebacker Dre Greenlaw, who had one of the two picks against Brady yesterday. Brady's only got five interceptions on the season. Four have come in the last four weeks. But after the game, Fox cameras caught Greenlaw presenting one of the game balls to Tom Brady and asking him to sign it with the following dialogue picked up. Please, could you sign the ball, Greenlaw said. Brady took it from him and signed it. Dre Greenlaw said, you're the greatest ever. It's an honor for us, for real. I've been watching you since I was two years old. In the press conference after the game, Greenlaw told reporters, I went like a little fan. I tried to soothe him up, make him feel better. And he said, man, you're the yeah, you're the greatest ever, all that good stuff. But he is. He is. So 
Buy or sell Ooh. Tom Brady being okay with signing a football for a fellow pro who picked him off in the game after they demolished him? I'm not even sure I'm okay with it. I'm so torn on it because it is on one hand adorable. On the other hand, it's obnoxious. Look, I ain't Tom Brady, but we're all we're all competitive creatures. I play a lot of tennis, and I got my ass kicked at a pretty high-level tournament. A guy showed up. He was like 67. We were warming up, and I'm, I'm pretty merciless. I'll hit underhand serves against 80-year-olds, and I felt so bad for this guy. I went easy on him the first, and he smoked me. I'm not going to tell you what the score was. It was bad, and, and it was fine. All right, he's great. He, afterwards, I got this, like, pandering, you're really good, you played really well, and that's what pissed me off. Like, you can beat me, but you can't then sit down next and be like, man, you're just so talented at tennis. So, I'm going to sell Tom Brady's okay with it. Sell. Tom Brady doesn't want to hear how he's the greatest of all time as a guy hands him a football that that dude intercepted, picked Brady off. Let me ask you this, Pep Boyle. Buy or sell, you're okay with the guy asking the question. I'm going to buy that. Buy. You You like it. I mean, why not? Why not? If you're Dre Greenlaw, you got a chance to get a signed football from Brady in a game you picked him off. I mean, that's like the icing on top of the cake. Why not? If you have the cojones to go ask him. And, and risk Brady just basically saying, dude, get the hell out of my face. You got the Cones to ask that? Yeah, why not? All right, let me find this. I don't know the answer. Buy or sell Brady's reaction reflects Brady being a good guy and not Brady being astute in understanding there are cameras around. Mm, I'm going to say that I'm going to I'm gonna buy Brady genuinely being a, a, a nice guy and a nice sport about Bye. it. Bye. I, th- I think we've, you know, Brady's gotten to the point he understands how bad they've been this year. Um, so I think rather than go out like a misanthrope and like a Scrooge and just, you know, shake your head in disgust, he's like, hey, you know what? We haven't been great. And I, I think the fact that the NFC South has just been so bad this year, Brady knows, it's, hey, we, we win so seven bad. games. We're probably in the playoffs this year. So I think that it's plays so into it. so bad. Although, I mean, that was such an abysmal performance for Brady and his team. I I don't know, man. I respect the kid asking. I don't think I would have the guts. I wouldn't have the I wouldn't do it. Are yeah. you kidding me? That's... Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, I know we just crushed you, but you mind signing this ball hey, for me? You're my hero. Yeah, I know I just picked you off like the old man that you are. Will you sign this, Father Time? That's good All right. stuff. All right, little uh, little soccer, soccer in yeah. the fold once again. So semifinals kick off tomorrow, and uh, hopefully Cell asks you about Argentina-Croatia tomorrow. Uh, Leo Messi <laughs> and Argentina taking on Croatia. Messi, basically last World Cup, still searching for that first World Cup title. Um, and then you've got the Cinderella's of the tournament. Morocco going toe-to-toe with Mbappe in France on Wednesday. However, here at home, Bill, the U.S. men's national team continues to make headlines for the wrong reason. During the tournament, one of the most talked-about points with the U.S. revolved around star attacking midfielder Gio Reyna, who plays for Borussia Dortmund in Germany, was widely regarded as one of the biggest stars for the team heading into the World Cup. However, he barely played in the entire tournament, eight minutes in the group stage game against England, and then came on the second half against Netherlands in the round of 16. There was reports of a rift between Reyna and the head coach Greg Berhalter the entire tournament, And yesterday, huge news leaked that the U.S. men's national team nearly sent Gio Reyna home during the tournament with one source saying there was a team vote on whether or not he should stay, and that team vote finished 13-12 in favor of letting him stay. 
Now, U.S. soccer analyst Taylor Twelman said he has spoken to staff and players on the team and rebuked that notion, saying there was simply a vote amongst the coaching and training staff, but it seems like it was a very real thing. Either way, it seems this massive controversy almost came to fruition during the tournament, which would have been an enormous distraction during their, one, during their run in the World Cup. So I'll ask you this, buy or sell that Gio Reyna should have been sent home during the World Cup? Man, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer... I'll get there. I'm going to start by selling this story should have gotten out from Greg Berhalter talking at a leadership forum. The irony of this. He thought it was nothing's off the record when you're a person of influence. Someone's going to leak it. I I do not like Berhalter. I do not think it should have gotten out. Now, his agent, of course, what agents do, Raina's agent, pushing back, saying, we're not going to get the details. It's more nuanced. Buyers tell you should have been sent home. I'm going to sell. So, if you remember, Weston McKenney was left off the roster for one of the qualifying matches, I believe, Pat, when he allegedly broke team rules. I think it was later reported, maybe or maybe not, maybe maybe some ladies that were that didn't belong in the hotel, or I think was the implication. And he worked his way back to the good grace of the team and was a big contributor. Reyna's a super talent, and if he was malcontent, if this is true. He's still going to be a super talent in five or ten years, and I think sending him back from the World Cup might have forever damaged his ability to be in that locker room and his relationship with the U.S. men's national team. I mean, uh, let me ask you: buy or sell? You take Greg Berhalter at his word? Uh, yeah, I mean that's tough because we're never really going to know, right? Because he he basically yeah. tried to lie and say that he was injured, and and Gio Reyna said, right. "No, I'm I'm good to go. I'm good to play." Right. And that from that moment, you knew there was something wrong. So. Whatever happened between them, I don't. We'll never know. It does see. I do believe that there was actually a team vote that they could have that they almost sent him home. So he must. If something, that's true, and twelve guys voted to send him home, that is bad. Something bad must have happened. But I mean, I I didn't like. I don't like the coach either. I don't like Greg Berhalter. And something like this, when you've got one of the most talented players on the roster, and you've got a riff like this, and he's only what 21, 22 years old, he's gonna be there. Yeah, so this kid. just this does not bode well for the future of of uh, of our soccer team. I mean, fair or not fair, Burhalter's got to go. But that's just me. I agree. All right, back to the king. Back to the NFL. Miami Dolphins could do no wrong through two months of this year, even though their medical staff nearly ended to his career by allowing him to play in that Thursday night game earlier this season. But going into last week, they were eight and three. Dolphins fans were serenading Tua with MVP chance after each game. They had won five in a row. They hadn't lost a game that Tua had started and finished. And then they ran into the number one defense in San Francisco. Okay, no big deal, right? One bad game, bounced back against a weak Chargers defense, missing numerous starters last night. Well, uh, not so much. Tua goes 10 for 28 for just 145 yards last night. He has now put together back-to-back abysmal performances. Tyree Kill was clearly not 100% dealing with an ankle injury late in that game that will need to be monitored before they head to Buffalo for a rematch with the Bills on Saturday night. But they're now 8-5. and five. They look very vulnerable. They have to play the Bills, the Packers, Patriots on the road, and then the Jets to finish the season. Buy or sell the Dolphins collapsing and missing the playoffs. I'm going to sell make a good case. Only because I've, I've been a Dolphins believer for a big chunk of the year. And I, I think they will figure it out. But in, a, in a, a little more macro sense, to quote Tom Brady, talk about Jimmy G, as relayed by Mike Florio, we're going to see what two is made of. Because these are going to be some stressful, stressful football games. Yeah. By the way, I, I got to just real quick, buy or sell on uh, 
It's not even by herself, but Allie is impressed by by you, Pat, but she got your, your Twitter handle wrong. So Allie, it's at PatBoyle44. I don't know who at PatBoyle22 is, but he's not as cool as our guy. Hey, split the number in half. Yeah, I gotta have. I'll have to check right. that out. But double it twice I mean, you, is good, man. You've been gracious enough to give it out, and then I mean, what did twenty two? What are we doing? I don't know. It's okay, Allie, but just at, at Pat Boyle forty four. All right. How philosophical of you. Impressed is what we got. Well, okay. How about that? All right. Well, nice in the ever, I'll try to impress as just as the NFC South has impressed this year. Things got very interesting again yesterday. We've detailed Brady's struggles. They were evident again yesterday in the 35-7 shellacking at the hands of the Niners. They are 6-7. and seven. Just one game behind them, currently owning the tiebreaker over them, having b- destroyed them earlier in the year, 21-3. The Carolina Panthers keep on winning. They went to Seattle yesterday, ran for over 200 yards against the Seahawks defense, walked out of there with a 30-24 win. Earlier this year, Panthers fired Bozo Matt Rule, traded Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals for a bag of Skittles, and then traded their franchise star Christian McCaffrey. The tank was on until it wasn't. Steve Wilkes, interim head coach, has this team one game out of the NFC South lead. They've won three out of four, and their final four games are as follows. Steelers, Lions, Bucks, Saints. We'll see if they can make a run at this thing. But, Bill, I want to ask you, regarding the job Steve Wilkes has done, buy or sell that the interim head coach becomes the permanent head coach for the Panthers next year? I mean, I don't know that that owner wants that. He likes celebrity-style guys, and he's willing to spend money. But buy, that is the outcome that should happen if this even remotely continues. Buy. You said it. They gutted this entire football team, and they have done nothing but rally around this dude and win games. That game against the Bucs, is that three weeks from now? Uh, it is the penultimate game of the season, so week 17, Ooh, so yes. You, penultimate, second to last. Yeah, look at that, I told you. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to impress Allie. Boyle here, dude. Trying My to impress God. Allie. Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> I, dude, I didn't know, I'm not joking, I didn't know what penultimate meant. Like, I used to use it wrong all the time. That was one of the words I think I learned in like eighth grade, and then like I just tried to use it every single time that I possibly could to try to throw in there and sound smarter. So, so I could, if I want to use it right, like every week I could wake up on Saturday and be to my wife like, "Man, it's the penultimate day of the week right now." If you count Sunday as the final day, some people would count it as the first day of the week. But yes, why would Sunday be the first day of the week? Uh, I don't know. You look at a calendar. Yeah, those calendars. But if you look at European calendars, I think they have. Um, they have it slid one way or the yes, other. Yes, I know in Spain they start the week with Monday. That's right. I know you're a big Spain guy, so. Come on. you Wait, hold on. Do you honestly think Sunday's the first day of the week, though? I mean, technically. Like, Is it? By our calendars? Wow, that's a terrible take. By the world. What do you mean it's a terrible you? take? That's what, It's like a fact. You wake up on a Sunday and you're like, oh, man, it's first day of the week. Okay. That's your, that's your feeling? Well, in that regard, no. In that regard, no. The weekend ends on Sunday. So, yes, Monday is usually the week begin. Are you the guy that's like, like, oh, it's summertime because it's the first day of summer, even if it's 48 degrees outside? Uh, June 21st is the first, that's the first day of summer. So, yes. How do you even know that, man? I don't know. I I know things. I'm going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Penultimate, your your exactitude, the fact you have the first day of summer. You're going to be a great husband. You are built for marriage. No, stop. Do not get somebody. <laughs> no, do not get some girl's poor hopes out there that's listening to this. I'm just telling you, ladies. The dreaded M word for boy. Eligible. Spooky. And, who's that? <laughs> Was that just Greg sort of talking? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he said the dreaded yeah. M word. That's somebody that's going to be married soon, by the way. 
Ooh, great. Congratulations, man. I mean, I've only been engaged for like nine and a half years. Or no, I'll, I've been with her for nine and a half years. I've been engaged for about a year and a half. You're a romantic, bro. I didn't know that about <laughs> Yeah, you. right. Fools right. rush in, man. Let, let's get to one last quick one here. We okay. saw numerous QB injuries yesterday. Kenny Pickett, Russell Wilson, Mike White, who did return, and Tyler Huntley, who was filling in for the injured Lamar Jackson. The Ravens somehow grind their way to a win in Pittsburgh yesterday with third-string QB Anthony Brown playing most of the second half. The Ravens are in first place of the AFC North at 9-4. and four. All four losses, they had double-digit leads in those games. They beat the Bengals earlier this year, who are also 9-4 and four and have been red hot. Lamar Jackson expected to return within the next two weeks with that PCL injury, and the Ravens finished their year playing Browns, Falcons, Steelers, and the Bengals in Cincinnati in Week 18. Bill Byers sell the Ravens holding on and winning the AFC North over the Bengals. Yeah, and the Bengals right have the Bills on that Monday night game. Correct. Before that, I'm still going to sell. Sell. I, I don't. Without Lamar, I don't trust him. And with Lamar in some big games, I don't necessarily trust him. You're really opposed to this marriage thing. Yeah, I don't want it. What are you, 24? 28. Don't you just get me pull a George Brett, man. Have a lot of fun in your life. And when you're 55, find someone you love who's 39 and live happily ever after. But, yeah, but see, like that's the point now. But like there's and I don't I don't like to believe that I am phased by outside pressure, but now my best one of my best friends is married. He just bought a house. One of them has a kid. It's like I just like stop, stop doing that. Stop doing that and stop making me feel the pressure that I need to be married, that I need to conform with society. I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. One of my buddies came from Dubuque. He was in town for a, for a, for a convention. What's up, Ken? He's listening probably. We had a great time. Uh, he's married with kids, happily married. Everybody's married. But one guy, Ryan, where are we? We're all 44. Lifelong bachelor. Never been married. Never been engaged. Happy as a clam. There you go. That's the life I am trying to live. I mean, it's easy. Just don't propose. Yeah. You'll be married in four years. Every guy that I've ever met is like, I'm never getting married, are the ones... Who just four years later get hit by that arrow, man? You want to put some money on that? No, I just want to enjoy it from a distance when it does or doesn't happen. Pat Cupid Boyle crushing it on buy or sell. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show, Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for listening this season. For the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast streamed live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, holiday headers, and every postseason game catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station. Streamed or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Pat Boyle filling in today. Great work, Pat. Appreciate you. What um, what TV shows are you watching? What's got your attention when you're not watching live sports? So continuing the theme with the saga talk Sucker. here. Um, I have been really into Welcome to Wrexham. So that is Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, who played Deadpool, uh, and Rob McElhenney, who is uh in my favorite show of all time, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they bought a the soccer team Wrexham in Wales, in the U.K., and they are in the fifth tier of U.K. soccer. Um, And they bought the team for $3 million, and it basically details the team, 
the ownership side of things, how they are doing with it, and uh, to me, that's uh, it's been a fantastic watch. On Hulu? That is on Netflix, I believe. Oh, it's on Netflix. So, is the Welsh league separate from the Premier League? No, so any, any, any team in the UK, Wales, Scotland, England, they all play in... Not, not Scotland. No, you're right, sorry. Wales and England. Yeah. Um, they no. If so, like for example, if they continue to get promoted, they would eventually be in the Premier League. They could go to the Championship. They could go to the Premier League. Correct. How are they do? That's right. They are I- currently tied for. Last time I checked, last week they were tied for first in the fifth division, which means and getting promoted from the fifth to the fourth doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But the top four leagues all basically get the sponsorship and TV money rolled down. From league to league, so they would get like a significant boost in revenue if they could get promoted this year. And and why did Ryan Reynolds? I I, I guess I don't know the. Be- I know that this is a thing. Why would he and this other dude from It's Always Sunny buy a football soccer a soccer team and just for the hell of it? Yeah. So so Rob McElhenney's a huge Eagles fan. That's like a big part of the show. There's actually a scene where I think he's talking with Jeffrey Lurie, Eagles owner. Um, and you know, teams in the U.S. are multi-million, hundred million, billion dollar corporations, entities. So that's kind of, even for those guys who, you know, Ryan Reynolds, I think, is pretty, pretty well off. Oh, yeah, hundreds Um, of millions. I think even then, that's kind of, there was barriers to entry for them to get ownership in any North American major sports team. So they figured, okay, well, let's see, let's try to buy a soccer team. And they they basically did the research, and the town of Wrexham and Wales kind of gave off the same vibes as um, like South Philly and uh, the suburbs of Philadelphia where, where Rob grew up. So I think that kind of then sparked their interest. And then when they learned that, hey, we could buy this team for $3 million, they were, they were all in. This is, my bro- my, this is my brother's dream. My brother's an entrepreneur, owns a restaurant business. He doesn't have the money, but his dream, if he ever really makes it, is to buy a low-level English-UK team and try to work its way up to the championship or the Premier League. Yeah, and I, I I would love to do that as well. And really just kind of owning any business, bar slash restaurant and a sports team, I feel like if somebody just loaned me a couple million dollars, I could do it. Yeah. I mean, look, people are listening. I don't know if they have that interest, but if they do, it's at Pat Boyle 44, not 22. Don't let that guy at 22 run your team. Pat wants to do I mean, $3 million... Is a house in L.A. I mean, I can't afford it, but, I mean, that's, you know, get a loan. Can you get, like, a 30-year team ownership mortgage? Probably not. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Need some money. I don't. I, I would love to see the, the amount of people that go to banks and say, hey, can I have a $5 million loan? I want to buy a soccer team in England. Or I want to buy Wex- Wexham? Wrexham. Wrexham. Wrexham what? What, what, are they, what are they called? Uh, I think their, their team nickname is the Dragons. That's stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the dragons? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like mo- there's a lot of weird soccer team nicknames. Like you've got like seagulls and the swans for some I of the big I'd, teams in England. I guess I'd rather be a a dragon that, but dragon just seems like a like a nine year old thought it up. Yeah, doesn't I, it? Yeah, I don't know where that came from. But a yeah, the show w- Welcome to Wrexham. That's that's my the show that I'm locked into right now. I mean, I'm watching White Lotus. We're watching very. You're watching blue collar reality. I'm watching basically fiction about terrible, awful rich people. I can't hear enough about White Lotus, and I've, I'm almost on. Honestly, I'm at the point. I'm like 25 percent of the way there to just being caved into watching it because it's all everybody talks about. I mean, they're standalone seasons. So they don't. 
they don't continue. So that they they end and their season one was out was awesome, and season two is, dude, it's 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 I mean it's cotton candy to a degree, but it's it is it is good stuff. If you need a little bit of a break from the sports or something else. That's or are you a sci-fi guy? Uh depends. No, okay. Don't watch the peripheral then. Super weird. But it's got a lot of big words, so it's right up your alley. You dropped another one here. I think Cavalade or Caval- a Cavalcade of Errors. Cavalcade. You, I don't know if you combined it. A caval. That's impressive. <laughs> I like it. My big one is Insouciance. I'll drop that every now. Just, you know, don't have too much Insouciance toward the show, Pat. I've you know never heard saying? of that word. I've never it's heard that a word one. a single time. It's to uh, be carelessly, carelessly disregard. Give a dis- disregard for something. So, so Berhalter might say that Reyna had insouciance toward his uh, toward his team. Very nice. Or maybe Berhalter's full of it. That's a show. That's it. We're done. I gotta say goodbye quickly. Thank you to Mike Florio. Thank you to Pat Boyle. That's Pat Boyle forty four on Twitter. Thank you to Greg Caserta. Thank you for listening. I'm Bill Ryder. See you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.